0: On this episode of The Naturist Living Show, just naked.
1: This episode of The Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca
0: Welcome, dear listener, to episode 118 of the Nature's Living Show. My name is Stefan Deschein. I'm your host for the podcast, and I'm the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. And when uh, I've been following recently, in the last year and a bit, a new group in New York City called Just Naked. Now, if you've been listening to the show for uh, a while, you will have heard uh, Felicity from Young Nature's America, who are also based in New York and organize a number of events. And they were really active on social media, and they were very uh, proactive, and they were very successful. Unfortunately, not enough, and if you want to hear more about that, you can go and listen to the episode title, Bye Bye YNA, where she talks about the challenges and the things that made them stop. So when I saw this new group, Just Naked, appear, and they were clearly—they weren't specifically a youth-oriented group, but they were clearly— youth minded and they were very active on social media and very successful i was quite interested because it they seemed to be filling a niche a little hole there in the new york area but not just new york in social media in general because you could see them everywhere there's no borders anymore and um, they were they were asking questions making statements posting blogs they were looking at things a little differently here and there in a good way and it was, uh, it was quite interesting. And then I heard that, uh, that the two main organizers are Adam and Leah. Uh, had, they're married. And uh, that they were coming the, to the Toronto area. So, well, I made sure that if they were coming to Toronto, I saw it in their blog, that they would come and visit us at Bear Oaks. And so they had a little stay, which was great, because it meant we got to have a little chat. It's one of the big advantages I have of having the park is it Gives me a chance to meet all kinds of interesting people. And of course, having a podcast means it also gives me a chance to share some of those interviews or discussions I have with you as well. So here we go.
2: My name is Adam Sweetert. I am the co-founder of Just Naked NYC, which is a social nudist organization in NYC.
0: Is it a really old one? Has it been around a long time?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very long. All of about 11 months as of uh,
0: December 2019. Ah, Okay. And because people can't see you, uh, are you a really old naturist or nudist? I'm 29 years old. So you're a young guy. Yes.
2: Good. So what's Just Naked? Just Naked is an attempt to give people in urban environments an opportunity to experience social nudity. And we do that by hosting many different events in many different places around New York City and now New Jersey and hopefully beyond. These events are, are many different kinds, including poetry readings, dinner parties. We do movement classes
0: and art drawing events and hopefully many more. So you call the group uh, Just Naked um, do you consider yourselves naturists or nudists? Hmm, that's a good question. I
2: think I'm growing into the. I'm I'm growing into that. I, I was I was not so interested in being labeled uh, one way or the other. Uh, probably mostly because I, I wasn't too intimate with the philosophy of naturism and nudism as uh, as you um have presented it and and some others have and it didn't to be honest i i didn't like a lot of the way people spoke about about naturism It, it seemed in a lot of ways kind of limiting and dogmatic but then once i realized that there is there is uh what's the word a more fundamental like humanist philosophy that exists when as a core at the core of all that then i i'm starting to to realize that i can pro- I, I can probably get behind that phrase
0: that label so what's your background you probably are you're not a naturist or nurse by background right no i so i grew up in a house that was not
2: necessarily naked when i was really young i remember there there being uh, a lot more clothing optionality. Uh, I was lucky to be raised by pretty open-minded folks. And and yet there was just sort of this fear of, as I was coming into my body and, and bit the apple, I experiencing all this shame. I, I never really had anyone to talk to about it and I didn't have a framework to, to work with that and so clothes just became the norm.
0: So how do you go from that to founding Just Naked?
2: Yeah good question. So my first experience of social nudity that I can remember was uh, shooting a music video with the flaming lips in, in Portland and you can look it up it's called watching the planets and i think and to go back to my earlier point about open-minded parents i think my my stepmom sent me the link and uh, for this sort of open call they were looking for cyclists who were willing to show up to this shoot and be naked and in fact now that i say that i may have done a naked bike ride before that or i don't remember if it was before or after in any case, as I got older, I knew that that naturism was something I was interested in. However, that was I was pretty thoroughly confused with uh, a lot of like lust and just mm, desire to be around naked women. So it's normal, know. I think. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. Be, given what society teaches you. Yeah, all that conditioning and stuff. So, so yeah, then it was sort sort of like. Um, as I didn't have any sort of philosophy as I went into it, there was a, but there was, there was a strong urge to rebel against what I could identify as being sort of a ridiculous social standard to keep our clothes on, especially when swimming or whatever, when it's brutally hot outside. So I had that, but then I had sort of this shame because I also, I also um, had this, this passion, this, this, crazy uh young man's desire to to be around uh like like sexy naked women and and i i i don't think i ever actually like acted in a way that that um betrayed that to anyone <laughs> but but it was definitely in the back of my head so then that that of course was mixed with like this layer of shame for feeling that way and feeling like maybe i wasn't going into it for the right reasons it was really confusing, to be honest, which is why I think I only really got... So I did the shoot, and that went well. I didn't make the cut, so you won't see me in the music video. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the, the reason I finally got into it um, when I came to New York City was was because I started to grow up. I started to, uh, to study a lot of... Well, the the Me Too movement was sort of like bubbling up this um, desire to empathize with women. As I was, I was considered myself polyamorous and I was dating and, and I was dating a lot of feminists and I started to really learn about the female experience. And, and then once that, that sort of very gradually worked to, calm that neurotic sexual craving of women, like objectifying them, then I I felt more comfortable actually putting myself in a social nude situation, knowing that I wasn't going to freak out. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It is a... I got into naturism in my late teens early 20s and there was definitely a sexual aspect to it i you know hormones are high Mm -hmm. Uh, but i say just not just for me but a lot of guys i've met go in for the wrong reason but stay for the right ones yeah that sounds right it's not what you it's not the sexual experience although it's important to not feel guilty for feeling sexual Mm -hmm. we are sexual beings and that's Mm it's a it's a balance right and it it, we sometimes we're so sensitive about you know people assuming they're all sex craved swinging uh having orgies kind of people Mm -hmm. that we make it sound like we've become asexual beings because we're naturists and that's not true either so somewhere in between is the right place and that the latter part of of this
2: in my opinion, hyper-conservative asexual narrative, which I don't—I don't like to call people out—but there are organizations that very clearly still have that style of thinking and their and how they write about uh, about naturism, which which I'm really deeply allergic to, and it's why I think I was very reluctant to call myself a naturist, uh, even when I started doing. Um, naked groups a few years ago pre just naked
0: right so th- so that's a good question you know you've like many people you discover this you find it fantastic you stay for the right reasons most people stop there they stop at being consumers mm-hmm. of naturism and nudism mm-hmm. why and how do you go to being an organizer and a leader yeah so i I I went to
2: a few naked yoga events in New York City and I and I felt great at them but I recognized that there was a lot of improvement that could be made and then I I got together uh, was dating this this wonderful woman who uh, who I had worked with and and I I, I asked her if, if she'd be interested in starting a group because I recognized that there was there was changes that could be made that were relatively easy. I have no official background in marketing or anything like that, but I knew I've I've done work like that for friends before, and I knew that 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 could be the key. Um, and in fact, as I'd mentioned earlier, I was was very interested in spending time my time around. Sm- Strong, intelligent women who um, were were interested in equality and and this is all pre me too, but you get the idea. That sort of mind of right of demanding respect, and I loved that. And so she and I uh, started this group called Naked in Motion that that is still going strong and is in many cities. And I recommend people check it out. Uh, and we started that with the intention of creating a quote safe space for women, and focusing nearly all of our attention on that, on like what would it take to get women here? What would it take? To, what kind of signaling do we need to do to get women to show up and be and feel feel held and feel uh, respected? And and that was the biggest problem that i saw in the other naked groups is there, there were a um there was a majority of men by far and and no one seemed to care no one seemed to even talk about it, it was sort of the elephant in the room and then everyone we do our naked yoga or whatever and then we roll up our mats and go home and no one is like hey well, you know what the hell <laughs> why are, why are, it's only men or whatever Uh, so yeah so she and i worked to to change that and and the changes we made which we can talk about if you want uh actually worked Mm. and so that was encouraging
0: but that wasn't just naked yet
2: no no this is this is proto just naked okay yeah yeah so then what then what then i went to france uh thought i was gonna live there for the rest of my life and didn't and then (laughs) came back and met my future wife and when
0: ironically is french but you met her in new york city i did yeah yeah
2: yeah i think maybe learning a bit of french culture and language helped me to be more of a suitor for her right so so then i'm uh i have a habit of like well manic depressive uh business um pursuits if that makes sense so so like i'll i'll get really excited and be very energetic about some new idea and then and then make a lot of phone calls and take a lot of notes and purchase some domains and then i'll fall into this self-deprecating um hole of of feeling like i have no idea why i started this and and i'll do that multiple times a year and i'll have notebooks laying around of all these ideas and inventions and things that never get done so my lovely uh, wife leah noticed this and and as i'm starting a new pursuit or something she's like well what about this like just naked idea you were talking about and she kept sort of gently bringing my mind back to that and and at a certain point she'd she pulled hard enough and and we both decided to go into it together and to make it work so as with naked in motion i knew that that there needed to be a, a feminine face of this organization for their that's one of the factors of, of attracting women is is having female leadership
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so so uh, I said, I'll do it if you're willing to put yourself out there and be the the face of it. And she agreed and so which isn't to say she doesn't do a lot of work. in fact, she does mm-hmm. um, and we have very complementary skill sets, right so so yeah, we started had a few ideas. we started with a co-working space, which um, it, during we rented an Airbnb to sort of to try this out and in wall street in the southern part of manhattan we rented this airbnb for uh, for a few days and then we had a co-working during the day and then in the evening we held events so we would do yoga and drawing i don't know if we did drawing i think we canceled a lot of the events because um we didn't get enough people right like we were we had just started we just created <laughs> a, a group on meetup and we we're advertising so uh but we 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 had had enough positive feedback to encourage us to keep going and so
0: that is what became just naked that is yeah and you've had in less than a year quite an impact like you're all over social media Mm -hmm. you've uh, got a podcast um, and you've done a lot of events Mm -hmm. and uh, and you've gone through a lot of the challenges that uh, a lot of clubs and places have gone through you're also a member of rock lodge or you're Go to Rock Lodge as well? Absolutely, yeah. We lived there for a few months this last year. You've experienced some of the frustrations that come with the movement and Mm -hmm. uh, the problems with uh, gender balance and age and things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It strikes me that in some ways, uh, you know, uh, YNA Young Naturist America was uh, quite successful. Mm -hmm. um, And... uh, with Felicity and Jordan, but they got a little burned out and decided to stop with that. And in a way, you may be taking over some of their stuff. Would you say, is that true? Or I can't
2: speak to that uh, very deeply because I never have been to their events. Uh, their website doesn't exist, so I don't know exactly what they were doing. All of it is secondhand. So in the sense that we, first of all, we don't discriminate based on age. Uh so there's no young anyone Right. You're not specifically uh, a young group. We happen to be. Yeah. But that's not our goal. Uh our goal is to just be representative of the general population of any textile equivalent event that we happen to be holding. Uh so so the similarities are, yeah, we were doing events in New York that are naturist and And aside from that, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I can actually, one thing I can speak to is that uh, from what I understand, they weren't necessarily trying to make um, a living at it. This is sort of a... I I don't know that they were charging very much. I don't know that they had a really clear business model. Uh, From what I've heard, it wasn't... didn't seem to be something that they were... They were really trying to um, co- commercialize.
0: Well, I don't want to speak to, uh, for them, uh, but I have in the past, and they've been on the show, okay. uh, Felicity in particular, and I know one of the frustrations they had was how much money they were putting in, um, and not it, it wasn't looking like it was ever going to break even or cover the cost. Um, I think Felicity at one point was hoping that she could make it, her career or her job Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise it's hard to do because you have to get a job and it's very time-consuming organizing events yeah so either you have to do it or you have to hire people to do it if you really want to grow and i think that's where you're you're heading isn't it absolutely so maybe that
2: would illustrate the biggest difference in our business models is is the fact that from the beginning Leia and I didn't wanna be the ones hosting the events. We wanted to have more of a production level job, higher administrative level job. And we wanted to build a system wherein we can provide spaces to people who wanted to host events. We can provide avenues of, of publicity and handle the ticketing for people who wanted to host events. And we can provide training most importantly. Mm-hmm. So that there was a brand element of just naked so that eventually across the United States and perhaps the world, anytime you go to it's just like a branded yoga studio, like uh, Bikram, which is maybe not the best example considering the recent documentary, but, but uh, like, that, like that, in the sense that you show up, you know, you're going to get a certain thing. Right. Whether the theme of the event is this or that or the host of the event is this person or that person, you know, there is going to be certain standards. That was the model from the beginning. And that seems to work uh, very well in terms of scale, because as I as I wrote in the the recent essay I published, uh, we had over 70 events, over 700 tickets sold in 11 months and Leia and I certainly didn't host all of that
0: right so what is your business model describe it to us
2: yeah so it's everything I just said
0: and uh, plus but you have some interesting terminology like you have builders yeah so how does that work
2: so a builder is simply anyone who hosts an event and that doesn't mean like like the host uh the person who owns the home that we're doing the event in it means the person who organ who uh, designs designs the event creates an event description and and tells us what they want to do we talk about what sort of materials they would need what sort of price range we're looking at what is the demographic that they're looking to attract and we consider all of that in our publicity and our goal is to give them the tools they need to do the job well. If they're new to mm, social nudism, which some of them are, in fact, uh, we have to give them a the crash course in what to do, how to notice bad actors and how to deal with that, how to notice people who may look like bad actors but actually are not, and how to make that distinction, how to help women in particular who show up and, for whom it may be their first time and they may be alone and help them feel comfortable. We give them all of that. And then we find spaces and we're constantly looking for spaces. So if you have a space in New York City and you're here listening to this and you want to make a nominal amount of, of rent and have some very interesting things happen in your space, contact us. But, uh, so yeah, we do, we do all of that and, and the model for us then is, is basically a franchise. Is we, we're we're figuring out what we want these events to look like and we'll, what is the best way to to create this type of a space in an urban environment. And the, the urban part of it is important because there's not a sense of there is not an inherent sense of community like there is in a small town. Right. So especially with new york there's a lot of people who are there on short contracts for work there's a ton of tourists so we have to be a bit more on guard with people who might want to just show up and cause trouble mm-hmm. so one of the basic uh, safeguards against that is that we don't accept cash at the door mm. uh, you if you want to come you have to buy a ticket you have to you have to give us uh, at the very least your your name and we have your billing address so yeah, absolutely so that eliminates a lot of people who are coming to specifically to to harass and and um, do damage
0: how do you make sure your builders are not problematic or doing it for the wrong reason
2: hmm, good question
0: i guess a gut feeling we get a lot of requests
2: right uh, from people who want to host events and we've denied more than we've accepted good so We're very, very cautious about that. And anyone, I wouldn't have anyone uh, be a builder if if they weren't someone who I wouldn't also, for example, like host in my home for a weekend. They have to be someone who who I, I feel deeply comfortable around
1: good
0: and so the builders now they sell tickets can hopefully make some money if they're doing it right (laughs) they've made more money than we have yeah but you take a (laughs) cut of that too right yeah we do yeah there's and that's that's great Uh there is i don't know why but in this movement is this whole idea that making money is bad yeah and you know we we can debate whether our system is the right system or not right Mm -hmm. um but we, that's the system we live in. You yeah. need money yeah. in order to pay your rent and eat and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we're all supposed to be doing this for free. Uh, and and certainly many people give, and that's awesome. But all, at the end, if your organization or Bear Oaks or any other organization cannot be making enough money to survive, it will fail. There's a great book on this subject.
2: Oh, I say great! I I just listened to a podcast with the author. I, it's on my shelf. I haven't read it. It's called it's, uh, "Spirituality, Religion, and Making a Buck." It's by yeah. David Nickturn, uh, who's a very famous musician and a Buddhist teacher. And in the podcast, he was talking about how, how exactly what you just said. People seem to be uh, to think that if you're doing anything, anything socially progressive virtuous that it needs to not have money involved which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I I'm, I'm glad you're you're doing it and but you're not rich. Not yet.
2: I I'm I have no problem with with uh making money. Uh no. I I I want to yeah, I want to get rich doing this. Could sure. you have builders in other cities or is it just in New York? That's the next step, but we want to prove the concept here. And I think if we can prove it in New York City with all of the, as I said, population density and all the issues that come with that, uh, all the impersonal, um, just the vibe, that impersonal vibe people right. often talk about with New Yorkers that don't look at each other or talk to each other. Um, if we can prove it there and we can we can thrive there, then I'm confident that we'll be able to roll out to any other city. One more thing about the business model is that we're, Functioning as a startup, and with with everything that 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 means nowadays, we hear often about about startups and 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 specifically as kind of a tech startup in the sense that a huge mm, element of our of our growth moving forward will will involve technology tracking. Uh, tracking um, statistics and, and how people are attending different events and using technology to receive feedback on certain events, certainly using technology to promote our events. And there will be an entire other arm of uh, Just Naked that we're going to grow into with uh, creating online content. And we can talk about that. I think that there's some interesting things to say about that. Uh, and with that, we are looking for venture capital, and if, uh, if you've got a lot of money sitting around and you want to become an owner of, of just naked, uh, reach out to us. And we're we're uh, we've got one um, one deal we're working on, and as we move forward, each round of investments uh, will give us the 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 capital we need to make all the changes we have and. We're just hoping to continue proving that we're, we're worth that investment and that we can, we can make the money back.
0: So um, let's talk about how you work and what's worked and not worked. Gender balance is always an issue mm-hmm. uh, that comes back all the time. And mm-hmm. um, I understand because I've certainly had the experience of bringing women for their first experience to a 90% male environment. And it made them very uncomfortable mm-hmm. on a first experience. You know, once you're in a well-established and you don't care anymore once you've been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. but that's not the objective. The objective is to make everybody comfortable even on the first time. So what's your policy? What have you done to try to have gender balance? Cause I know that was an issue, right? Absolutely. Uh,
2: First, maybe I'll say what we haven't done. There's okay. some things that we're definitely not going to do and from the very beginning have not even considered. First and foremost, the most, as you you mentioned yesterday, just the laziest way to deal with this problem is to charge women much less mm-hmm. or couples much less or not allow single men. Right. And this is just so obviously foolish uh, and i and have no problem calling out any club that operates in that model, expecting a, a calm social nude environment. That's different if you want to have a sex club, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is perhaps what a lot of these places turn into if they if they use such policies. If you're objectifying women and giving men power, right, right or sense of entitlement over them. So even going back to Naked in Motion, we knew that that wasn't an option. Uh, the thing we did back then, and we still do now with Just Naked, is allowing women to wear bottoms without question. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has been huge. We've, we have played with the idea of taking away that, that rule. And every time, that's a huge no from our our female builders and from our female attendees. They say, no, don't do that. So we got a lot of pushback on that because it's not not PC. It's not, uh, I guess, nowadays you're supposed to pretend like gender is entirely a construct and it doesn't exist. And anyone who creates spaces that observe a gender binary in any way are somehow... um, not socially progressive. And and uh, yeah, we got pushback on that policy and, and others that I'll mention. Um,
0: so do most women wear bottoms?
2: No, no. Uh, maybe at first, but they eventually, many of them, and some do, and some always do, but uh, many of them, even they'll start with the first 15, 20 minutes of, of wearing bottoms. But this is probably my favorite thing to observe at our events is especially women who come for the first time they're physically very closed off they've it's they've they've had to really uh, work through an internal battle to show up to an event and then it's a battle to, to actually take their clothes off and commit to, to coming in and then it's a battle for them to uh, maybe uncross their arms and be relaxed and allow you know their, their breasts to be uh not covered up right and or the belly or whatever their their thing is um, or to uh, uncross their legs or whatever just there's this closedness that that they come into our events with and then if we are doing if it's a good event which most of them are and and we're doing a, a good job to help them feel comfortable and safe I get to watch this this gentle unfolding it's like a if you watch a time lapse of a flower blossoming, this this unfolding of of this person, and I, and I can see them step into their humanity and into their into their their truth and their confidence, and that is so amazing. And a huge part of that often is uh, that the bottoms come off at some point, point. Mm-hmm. and you can kind of see the. And I've heard from from women directly that there is sometimes a voice in the back of the head that's like. Well, I could wear bottoms, but she's not wearing bottoms, and she's not wearing bottoms. And now okay, now I'm the only woman wearing bottoms. And why am I wearing bottoms? You know, this whole thing going on. Sure. And then and that's exactly why this whole thing is is healing. It's it's just an interrogation of our of our self-loathing. And eventually maybe they come off and eventually maybe they're very uncomfortable, but then eventually maybe they're perfectly comfortable and, yes. and they leave they leave uh, feeling even better than when they came in
0: so that's one of your strategies you have a newer one uh, that came out uh, today or ago. yesterday or um, well you're... a few months ago is when you first posted about the idea of not just letting men show up single men show up right Right. yeah okay did you implement that right away or did no, you just no, you discussed
2: it that and we yeah we just presented it and this is what we do with a lot of our policies it's all Write an essay kind of floating the idea to the community and seeing what people think about it, also circulating it amongst my friends and, and other leaders in, in these communities. And we will implement it starting in January. The program is called Femme Forward. And just yesterday I published an update to that essay you're referring to that is uh as far as I can tell, the the model will be, will be using moving forward, uh, and it works like this. Any, we, we will have some events that operate under the current model. In fact, it will be up to the builder if they want to switch to the fem forward model. We're just offering it as an option, and uh, the the idea is this: is that uh, if you're a single man and you wanna to come to one of our events, you have to be sponsored. There's three avenues, potentially more, but as far as I can identify, three avenues of entry into, into Fem Forward events. Uh, one is you have to be sponsored by a woman who has attended our events in the past, and women can sponsor up to three men, and men cannot ask women for sponsorship directly. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that way there's not this pressure. Implicitly or explicitly, they can't ask for it. And and in fact, that's a bannable offense.
0: So what, and there was lots of discussion about this. So a single man who doesn't know anybody at your event, mm-hmm. how do they get in then? Yeah. So because they can't even ask.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got two other paths of entry, um, perhaps more. We do we do want to make it accessible, but we we have to have some uh, some mechanism because even with our initial success, we've now are experiencing this classic nine to one problem of of men, and the retention rate is way higher for men. A man will come to every single event we have, whereas a woman might come once a month. Right. So. And it's not the men's problem, it's not no one's problem in particular, it's just our conditioning, perhaps our biology or whatever, but we need to have something because this is not acceptable. So the other way to get in is, uh, is to attend a men-only event, and then you'll be added on the list. And if you're on that list, then that means you as a person who has attended uh, one of our men-only events can sponsor a friend. So... Um, this is a way to not discriminate against gay men in particular um, right and so if you're if you come to our naked men's yoga weekly and you want to come to a naked board game night or something um, you can not only come but you can sponsor your 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 pal your guy friend who maybe has never been to one of our events uh, another path of entry which I hadn't written about I alluded to uh, is, in the recent essay is a is a class we're going to teach class on how to control our sexual urges and how to shift our perception of our meaning men men's um perception of women as objects into a a human um rather than objectifying them personifying them and And I have a, I have some some tricks and some meditations and things to do that and and going through that course and 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 being sponsored by one of the women who are hosting that event it will be another avenue. But it that will just attending that will not be a guaranteed entry.
0: It's been surprising to me about uh, how many men need help understanding women. Um, you'd think there's so many women around and you grew up with them around you. Your mother was a woman mm-hmm. that uh, men would have a better understanding of the issues. Uh, but somehow a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a whole discussion about that. and we would probably spend 10 hours talking about why that is. But, uh, yeah, it's something that we've noticed here, too, mm-hmm. is that the issue often uh, guys who come across as creepy are because they don't understand how to speak to women or how to approach them or how to say something to them. Um, that is not going to come across the wrong
1: way.
2: Yeah. Their intentions are good. Yeah. And uh, it, it's so, it's just sad. And it's not these guys' fault. And I think no. that's the biggest departure I have from the mm, classic Me Too narrative is, is I see these guys as victims. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's not a popular way of looking at this situation.
0: Well, yeah, but it's it's yelling at them or telling them they're stupid is not going to help. Yeah, because <laughs> that you're just making people defensive and upsetting them, mm-hmm. and you're not teaching. Yeah, and that's that's the flaw. Sometimes it mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the you know I tend to lean on the left side of you know politics and and be socially that way, but. Thing. I think the mistake that the left has done is to alienate the people that they thought didn't think like them instead of educating them. There's a lot of people, there's some people that are so far gone you'll never change them because they're just, for whatever reason, entrenched in their racism or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people in the middle who just don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. And if you just alienate them and exclude them and, you, and insult them, mm-hmm you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to push them in the other direction. Yeah. So
2: Going all the way back to the nuclear or nuclear uh, <laughs> argument of our, our former President Bush in the United States, the, that's the easiest way to alienate an entire population is make a big deal out of the way this person said a word that most of us say it wrong anyway. And so you've you've got this this elitism on the left that is really toxic and i think it's the reason we have the president we have in the
0: united states yeah absolutely all right one more question on the uh, the gender thing then is uh what about people who are trans because some people may identify as male or as female yeah or on... any
2: one of the other 36 genders yeah. like uh non-binary or two-spirit
0: so how do you handle that? Where where do they fall in? Yeah, good question.
2: So so our general policy is to to show up to any event as the gender that you feel most comfortable as with the understanding that you you actually you you uh, you must have had the a ex, lived experience of that gender. Which means that a trans person can show up to a a men only event if they're a trans man or they can come to a women's only event because they have had the lived experience as being a woman and the lived experience as being a man right uh the the thing we're not this is a, a difficult issue one of one of the few really really clunky um Parts of doing these types of events in in hyper progressive uh, multicultural dense cities is uh, dealing with people who are bad actors and show up to an event. Maybe they bought a dollar store wig and and (laughs) put on some makeup and they say, yeah, I'm a woman. Right. And then and then they're putting our builder in the uncomfortable position of of uh, somehow vetting their. Their female experience, and uh, that may sound like a an unrealistic scenario, but it has happened at least once yeah. in our events. It's probably rare, but it does happen. Extremely rare. But the thing is, when you've got a city of eight million people, there's going to be someone who's who's got the gall or the the just the right. Um, a cocktail of of uh, uh, chemicals swirling around in the brain to think that that's a good idea. Uh, so we have to we have to address that issue. So we we just uh, have made it public that that's a that is something we're aware of. And if that's something you're gonna try, or uh, our builders at the end of the day, it's up to them to 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 make the call. And we ask that they just follow their gut, and we'll take the fallout. It would be terrible if they made the wrong call and someone was actually uh, presenting as of that and living their life as that. But I personally have never had a doubt when when someone is is trans and they're living their life as as the gender uh, that they've chosen. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: So um, it's interesting to me that in the you know, one year that you've been organizing events, you've slammed head on already into this whole issue of gender balance. And possibly when you started, you didn't even think you'd have to worry about that. All right.
2: Um, No, we definitely knew it would be an issue. You definitely did. Okay. Fair enough. We, so uh, we thought that our, by simply, uh, uh, our, our elegant advertising and our, our, uh, taking taking the, the the measures that we had that that would solve the
0: problem, but mm, there was still some doubt in my mind. So, why does it matter? Because that's one of the things. Whenever this discussion happens, mm-hmm. and not just online, I've I've been having this discussion since before anybody was on the internet. Yeah, you no, know, it's been happening. You know, back in the eighties, and I'm sure it was happening. That's when I got involved. I'm sure it was happening in 70s, 60s, 50s, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people will say, "Why does it matter? Who cares if it's nine to one?" Yeah,
2: well, it wouldn't matter if you're if you're going to shoot darts or uh, play a pickup game of, uh, I don't know, basketball. Like, there's there's so many times in our life where we are in a room. If you're at the DMV and there's one one man in a room full of eight or nine women no one's gonna flail their arms and say oh what is this gender imbalance like right it's just sometimes that is the way it is and then sometimes there are there are uh things that men happen to be more interested in in than women and nudity might just be one of those things right at this point okay. Right. For, for a variety of
0: reasons uh I'm sorry, what was your question? <laughs> well, the question then is, why does that matter? Why, oh, okay. why, why, matter? why do, you, why do yeah. we care? Why yeah. do we need to balance it?
2: Yeah, because it's about healing. It's about healing. I don't have really any interest in, in social nudity apart from its, its uh, ability to heal us individually and as a society. It's perfectly boring to me otherwise.
0: Yes, yeah. but does it also, uh, you know, often the argument is it makes women uncomfortable, yeah. And uh, some women natures have said, I don't care if it's nine to one. What's your experience with that? Does it matter to women? Yeah, I see where you're going. Uh, the
2: Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> and so that's, you, you've that's, seen that. It yeah, matters. that's the healing aspect of it. Is it. Is, uh, there needs to be a sense of, of camaraderie among women. And women are already seen. They're already... Raised with this expectation of being a piece of meat, and uh, that their their looks are the most impor- important aspect of them, and that they are an object of of desire for men. And there's no way, no better way to emphasize that than putting them as the only naked woman in a room full of men.
0: But is that your opinion as a man? We're two men talking to each other. No,
2: that's true. Yeah. Um, well, I could go get my wife. She can yeah, answer the question. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, definitely. That's, women is, have told you that? This sure. is coming from, from feedback, yeah. yeah I, I would love to believe that, that women didn't have a problem with it. But, but we've literally had women leave events. And in fact, that's when uh, the alarm bell started going off. Uh, 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 over the year, uh, yeah, each month, we would notice that events were slipping more and more and more towards men in our ticket sales and and we were like okay and sort of burying our heads in the sand hoping that didn't keep going the way it was going but then it kept going and then eventually we got reports from our builders saying women are actually leaving because they're showing up to events and realizing the only other woman in the in the room is the one leading the event and and as you said there are some women who are perfectly okay with that some women who even love being the only or would prefer being the only woman in the room full of men, right? Uh, and God bless those women. That's great. Whatever, <laughs> but they're they're not the ones that, uh, th- they're maybe not the ones that need the us the most in terms of the our specific approach to healing through social nudity.
0: And what about age? I mean, you yourself have complained about. The fact that when you go to nature's places near you, mm-hmm. it's all much older people. You, I think, you said over sixty, uh, and uh, you, as you said, are a young person. Mm-hmm. Is that a concern or an issue for what you're doing? Not really.
2: I think, I think it's it's a fair representation, and that's what I like. We have some retired folks, some working middle age, some. People just out of college or in college, uh, the populations we would hope to attract in the future are our families with children, and um, as Leia and I uh, work towards raising a family, and we're actually just bringing our kids to st- stuff. Hopefully, that will encourage other other parents to bring their their kids but it's new york and these these events are happening in the evenings and Mm. um, once we are able to once we're big enough that we can petition the city to open up our areas of of different parks or um, open perhaps new beaches uh, then we can start to do more family events during the day but i think as long as we're doing these evening events it sort of eliminates the Um, uh, attracting families who might bring children
0: so if age is not an issue really in your in your events why do you think it is in the established naturist nudist clubs you've visited
2: Hmm. because they don't deal with these problems directly they don't talk about the gender issue they don't they pretend like nudity is a perfectly non-sexual thing and if you have any sexual thoughts while you're here you're a goddamn pervert and you need to leave and (laughs) that's not true first of all and it's not uh compassionate and it's just a stuffy way of thinking about the world in this black and white way nuance is hard but it's necessary if we're going to really create something sustainable another element that we are working more and more to to honor is this and this is a startup Uh, eric reese wrote this book the lean startup right Um, and his philosophy is build measure learn faster you can you can do that then the better you'll be as as a startup and we're really trying to do that. We're trying to build something. We, we measure, we have actionable goals, and then we review and see how well that, that change worked and then build the next version. And that's why I say our organization is kind of like a, like a tech startup because we're, we're releasing new versions uh, all the time but with these, these changes based on the feedback we're receiving. And I don't see any of the established clubs operating in that way. They say, this is the way we do it and we're right. And you're wrong. And that's unfortunate. And they're, they're feeling the burn of that.
0: I will. I always joke that uh, those people who think they know it all really bother those of us who actually do. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's great. So, um, what's the uh what's the future now for just naked
2: yeah well, with
0: like in a year in five years in ten years where do you, where do you want where do you, where do you see it going
2: yeah so um, our goal is to really nail this model of what I'm calling a satellite model meaning we're we're hosting events in a non landed way so different venues different people's homes and whatever that's a model that when it's when it's perfected enough when it's feeling well-baked then we can export it to other cities and scale we'll be training people in other cities to be event producers which is the job Leia and i hold and then training them how to train the builders and creating a network of producers and builders all sharing uh, tips and tricks and experiences and Spinning that build, measure, learn wheel faster, and then the next model is actually landing the club in the city. Yeah. We want to build out uh, an urban nudist club right in the heart of Manhattan, and and have uh, it be. I'm imagining have some co-working spaces, uh, and during the day. Have it function like a social club. You can come here and work on your laptop, or uh, uh, maybe have have a stretch, or take a nap, or whatever. Read a book, and then and then have a early morning yoga or movement, dance, whatever, and then evening social events and that model will surely require a lot of investigation and trial and error and when that is is again well baked then we can export that too and build out a franchise system where people can license our name as long as they're operating within our principles and and honoring honoring all those uh those lessons we've learned uh, and also sharing contributing to the, the whole apparatus and then growing that into growing all of that into a centralized media company effectively where we've got uh, we've got all these builders are able to page create content they can do they can do instructional videos, or they can just vlog, or they can talk about their experiences with certain things. We can do testimonials, and perhaps have a a, a digital magazine talking about all this stuff, and really raise the frequency of, of what's going on here, and get, the, the faster it grows, the faster it grows. Exponentially, I believe, so.
0: That's exciting, you've got lots of great ideas. So if anybody wants to get involved, should they contact you? How do they get in touch?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can email us at hello at justnaked.com or fill out the contact form on our website at justnaked.com.
0: So that was back in December, and certainly it's been slow over the winter. But uh, December of 2019, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, into the future, because a lot of folks keep catching up on this show and listen up, listen to all the back episodes. Um, so, if you, uh, um, if you are following recently and you're just on the time, you know that it's been a little bit slow uh, with regards to what they've been posting. But they've got lots of ideas. I just talked to Adam today, and he's got lots of plans still, and he's been working away. So. I think there's going to be some exciting stuff happening uh, in the f- near future. So that'll be all for this episode of The Nature's Living Show. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschaines, and I'm the host of the podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks. And I make the show with a lot of help from Samantha Graham, who is now our producer, and she makes the task so much easier because she does time-consuming editing and she also keeps things organized and she's always on top of me to make sure things are getting done so thank you samantha for that you're going to find links to all the items mentioned in the show notes uh and uh, adam talked about a number of interesting things that you'll want to go take a look at and we'll put links to all of the different uh social media presence that they have uh, on the web it's uh, there's a lot of places to take a look the, show's, uh, the show notes on the show's website, which is at naturistlivingshow, all in one word, dot com. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I always appreciate getting them, and I enjoy reading them all. I do read them all, even if I don't always have time to reply. The show's email address is contact at com. You can also call us and leave a comment if you want. We're still doing that. We haven't had any voice comments for this show. But feel free to call uh, country code 1-905-473-6060 or toll free if you're in the U.S. and Canada at one 373 9124 And you can also Skype, Bear Oaks. I realized it wasn't working for a little bit because my credit card had expired and so I had to update it. But Bear Oaks on Skype, B-A-R-E-O-A-K-S, one word, does work and gets you all of those numbers will get you into the main phone system and then the show's extension is 333. I hope you enjoyed this show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of the Naturist Living Show.
1: This episode of the Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bareoaks.ca
0: I would like to welcome the delegates to the 16th Congress, the third in Great Britain. Recent years have seen an enormous upsurge in naturism throughout the world. In particular, in England, we must be happy to see the inauguration of the first official naturist beach at Hastings. Over 10 million people in Germany alone now take an annual naturist holiday. And the naked human today is more and more acceptable to the public at large.